0: What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate.
1: Chevron 7 Lock. <laughs> Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 19 and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, There Before the Grace of God. And you can, as always, find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Spotify Podcasts, which, by the way, Zach, we're getting a lot of listens via Spotify. Uh, so oh, really? thanks to those who are uh, checking us out there. That's pretty pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. And uh, once there, uh, you should uh, take some time to rate, review, and give us the 7 Chevron rating that they need to do and they haven't done yet. Uh, but to be honest, uh, I haven't written Tim Cook yet about his rating system, so that's kind of on me. Uh sorry. that is on I'll, you, Brent. I'll I'll have to take care of that later. Uh but uh if uh if Tim Cook wanted to write us back, Zach, how would he do that?
0: Well, if he would write us back, he would write us back at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. That's W A L K I N G T H R O U G H T H E S T A R G A T E at Gmail.com. Woohoo! Woo! I made it through that. This is the first yeah. time in a while that I did that. I'm happy. Woo! Yeah. Or, nice. if for whatever reason you don't have email, um, but you have Twitter, you can mm-hmm. follow us at Stargate Walking and mm-hmm. uh, comment and post and say cool things to Brent on that uh, yeah. because that's a great place to do that. Uh, uh, Brent's feeling a little bit lonely out there in the Twitter world. Not very many people talk to him. So uh, he needs you to help validate his self worth. So uh, don't let him down.
1: Okay. Um. I mean, it is true that it is, it's, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow space out there. But on the same token, like, uh, it's okay. I, it, that it is slow is just fine. It's, no. it's intimate. It's intimate.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you don't have Stargate Twitter or if you don't dark. like, wow. <laughs> Brent, we are trying to keep this a family friendly. Hey. Hey, O. Hey, O. Okay. All right. So, so, yeah, what else? If you don't want to uh, go to Twitter or don't have Twitter or you like Twitter but you like Facebook, also, you can find us at Walking Through the Stargate. Uh, we have a P- Facebook page and a Facebook group. Uh, there's not a lot of chatter there. There's some here and there. Uh, one of the things that I posted earlier this week, so we're coming to the end of Season 1. That's amazing, Brent. It's hard for me to imagine. I know. We're already <laughs> at the end of Season 1 almost. Oh, yep. But we are looking at uh, having kind of a look back episode and just kind of uh, look back at season one, kind of talk about what we learned. And, and uh, so if you have any favorite elements of uh, the first season of Stargate or the first season of our podcast, if there's fun wink, things wink, that you nudge, like, nudge, 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 uh, you know, let us know. Send us an email and whatnot. Uh, record some bits and email it to us. Yeah. Uh, if there are audio clips there is definitely preferential treatment,
1: and I promise I will do my best to make you sound amazing.
0: Y- not y- you, Zach. It, not not the me. the person
1: who. Yeah, no, the person. Not me. Who, you already no. sound amazing.
0: Oh, I okay. Well, yeah. Of course, I do. <laughs>
1: yeah, but if somebody comes in and is like, you know, recording from a tin can, I promise to do my best to make that tin can sound really good.
0: Yes. Uh, so uh, send Hello us your there. thoughts.
1: Greetings from 1920. Yes, you there. Can you make me sound good, please?
0: Wait, wait, wait. Okay, try again. Hello there. This is from 1920. Hello. Can you hear me? Uh, Apparently it didn't work. What? It's better. What's better? We'll do our best. Just whatever the sound quality of your... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> audio clips are. It doesn't matter. We want to hear your thoughts, your comments. So please send them to us. And if you do that, just send us an audio file uh, uh, to uh, walking through the stargate at gmail.com. That'll yep, be that'll awesome. Work. Yep. Okay. Uh, shall we dig into this then, Brent? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, there, but for the grace of God, is directed by David Wary Smith. This is his first of 11 SG1 credits. Wow. Uh, over the okay. course of like the first four seasons or something like that. Mm-hmm. I looked that up and now I didn't write it down, so I can't remember. Oh, um, how
1: many seasons it was?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But there are 11 episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His
0: very first directing credit was for Kung Fu The Legend Continues in 1995. Nice. Here is the uh, description from uh, IMDb. Kwai Chang Kane was a priest at a Shaolin temple where his son Peter also lived and studied. The temple was destroyed, and father and son each thought the other had perished in the fire. For many years, Kwai Chang walked the earth, while Peter became a big city cop. Finally, they are reunited, and now together they battle evil using wisdom, martial arts, and occasionally even Peter's service pistol but only as a last result. <laughs> nice. So that was that's sort of the, the 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 theme of Kung Fu, the legend continues. Now, uh, David Worry Smith's episode was named Manhunt, and in Manhunt, Peter is framed for murder, and not trusting the truth to come out on its own, he flees from police custody. <laughs> Peter and Kane try to find the real killer before the U.S. Marshals close in. Oh, I've seen that movie. Yeah. You well, find
1: that man. You find yeah. him. Little
0: Harrison right. Ford there for you. Um, I'll, by the way, as I was looking through The Kung Fu Legend Continues IMDB stuff, I noticed uh-huh. that Mario as a Party also directed at least one episode? Nice. So we have a connection. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so Mario Little as a Party Mario. directed the the opening episode, was... the pilot episode of of uh, SG One,
1: and he was the he was the one from Crete. Crete
0: was he from Crete? Yes, I think so.
1: And he was the one that uh, had very questionable tastes
0: in uh, movie uh, stories. Yes, yeah, yes. gotcha. Yeah, okay, yep. cool. Yep. So that is David Wary Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story for this is by David Kemper. Uh, this is his only SG One credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The teleplay, by the way, is by Robert C. Cooper. Uh, but David Kemper, this uh, he was a producer and writer on the TV show Farscape. In fact, that's kind of mm-hmm. what IMDb says all about David Kemper. So he was a big-time deal in Farscape land.
1: Gotcha. Uh, okay.
0: And there's going to be lots of overlap between uh, the Farscape world and, uh, well, the Farscape actors and SG-1 actors, but we've mm-hmm. got some time okay. before we have to worry about that. Um. He also wrote a couple episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Voyager. And mm-hmm. in fact, his very first writing credit was on TNG, uh, the episode Peak Performance, which yeah. is a second season episode, if I remember correctly. I should have actually looked this up, but I didn't. Uh, I think Peak Performance is the episode where we have Col Rami, who is this Zach Dorn stratege- strategist, and uh, there's a battle between... Uh, uh, between uh, Kirk, no, not Kirk. Wow, oh, gosh. Between Picard and the Enterprise, and Captain Riker on. Oh the, yeah. The. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little tiny starship. Yeah, and that um, was the
1: one where um, where Wesley stole his science project to give him an. Yes, egg. yes, uh-huh. to give them
0: warp drive for two seconds or something. like yes.
1: that. Yes. Yeah. So that they can perform the Picard ben- or not, not Picard.
0: Was the, it the, the Riker? Ben- yeah, uh, that's
1: that's that's where I was driving at. Was like like you know somehow like yeah. you know they they decided that there was a maneuver now called the Riker maneuver. Uh,
0: that, that's generally taking your shirt and tugging it down. Oh wait, no, that's, <laughs> no, that's the Picard maneuver. The Riker that maneuver is, the compar- is like straddling a chair, like you straddling come up a, chair. a chair, and you get like like because he's a tall man, right? And the and the, and the, the smile the backs of chairs uh, are are not. All that tall, relatively, and so he would put his hand on the back of the chair, and then kind of swing his leg up and over the back of the chair, and then sit on the chair.
1: What are they? What so? What are those? uh, What are the pommel horses? Is that what they did in gymnastics?
0: Uh, yeah, sure,
1: something. Yeah, so something something like like that.
0: that. Yeah, Yeah. uh, so that was the the record maneuver in this and and everything. In any case, (laughs) uh, wow, we have gone off the field.
1: Uh, yes, but onto a fantastic field. That's true. It's it's a very nice field over here.
0: So, uh, Teleplay is by Robert C. Cooper, and clearly I didn't actually write a whole lot of show notes for him because it just sort of stops. Uh, I had to do the show notes over several days, and so... Anyway, Teleplay, this is his fourth of four writing credits this season. Uh, We saw him in First Commandment, The Torment of Tantalus, and Singularity. Uh Uh, Uh uh, He is a brain behind the realm of... Stargate SG-1. If you want to know more, go look back at those episodes and find out more, or read yeah. them or whatnot. Well, I was
1: just thinking, like, Torment of uh set a lot of the stage. First Commandment was just kind of a meh. Singularity, of course, like, you know, I I loved it in that, you know, need a box of Kleenex way, but um,
0: good. Uh, the original air date for There But For The Grace Of God is February 20th, 1998. Number Mm -hmm. one on the charts in the U.S. was still Nice and Slow by Usher.
1: Yeah. And in
0: the U.K., the Celine Celine Dion train starts that can, you know, the Titanic stuff was going on. My heart will go on near, far, (sighs) wherever wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody wanted to sing that song. And everybody who sang that song... Did not make that interval. Was always a smidge flat. Although, to be fair, Celine was also a smidge flat. I'm flat. I'm always flat. Why am I even trying? Yep. But personally, when I hear near and far, what I think of is Grover and Sesame Street. When you had Grover going right up near the camera, and he'd go, near? (laughs) And he's way far away from the camera, and he'd go four and then you go near yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, grover which is
0: way more fun than Celine Dion let's be honest
1: yeah no so there's this uh there's this fad so i am a uh, an armchair fan of the english premier league team uh, i'm about to make some enemies here Zach. Uh, uh, i'm a fan of the uh, uh, of spurs i'm a fan of tottenham hotspur and uh, they are one of the London Are you teams. talking soccer? Just so I'm clear. No, I'm talking football. Nope. But um, oh. yeah. Oh. you talking the,
0: soccer, right? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, football. And so, okay. uh, you know, if you're an Arsenal fan, I'm sorry. Uh, and if you're a Chelsea fan, um, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't want to talk to you right now. And Is that a Chelsea, Chelsea fan, you know exactly Clinton why. fan? Uh, sure. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, But anyway, so the, I'm confident that other clubs do this as well. Fans of clubs do this whenever somebody scores a particularly good goal. But for quite a while there, whenever, uh, whenever Spurs would score a goal, somebody would take the video footage of it and then overlay uh, My Heart Will Go On on top of it, such that when um, – so it was timed that when the goal was scored, uh, it would be that uh, – the shift, the key change shift that would happen in the song itself when it would get like super uh, epic. Yeah, it yep, was, it's yep. hilarious. So, you know, Selene <laughs> uh, passed, you know, the, the, a verb of Selene became, you know, is now a thing where you, you Selene a goal. And, uh, um, you know, that's what, what it means is that you put My Heart Will Go On over top of it. Well, and it's a lot go. of fun. It's really funny, uh, you know, and especially so. when it's like a really important game, it's just like, yes, you saline that goal. So, so
0: go to YouTube and yeah. Google. Solemn that goal, and see well, what you chill. get.
1: Sure, I might chill well as far as Oriate. Twenty seconds of stoppage time to play. Sonjumendi!
0: anyway all right Uh, okay so in the box office not surprisingly Uh number one is still titanic Uh number two is still the wedding singer and number Uh three is still sphere yeah uh goodwill hunting makes number four and senseless breaks in in the top five i don't know about senseless Uh, i don't know about senseless so what was happening at this time in 1998. Well, mm-hmm. on February 20th, that's the day this episode came out, Tara Lipinski wins the gold medal at the Olympics for figure skating, women's figure nice. skating. Uh, also on the 20th, the U.S. movie box office hits its quickest $1 billion for the year. It took them only 51 days in <laughs> the, 1998. No, these, these Those
1: types of statistics, I hate
0: those types of statistics
1: um, because they never adjust for inflation. So, like of course it'll get to a billion dollars quicker than it ever did before because a billion dollars doesn't buy you as much as it used to. People. That's
0: true. Huh. Huh. Well, okay. So Brent has now just invalidated one of my fun facts. No, it's not invalid. It's just, you know, (laughs) annoying. Okay. Uh, Also on the 20th of February, the warrior monk Kung Fu actor, David Carradine, Uh uh, Weds actress Marina Benjamin. He was 61, she was 45, and they get married on the Laramie Street on the back lot of Warner Brothers Studio.
1: Well, there you go.
0: There you go. I thought that was kind of nifty because we talked about Kung Fu. Yes. I, yeah, yes. Earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, a few days later on February 23rd, uh, the Winter Olympics in Nagano come to a close. hmm also on the 23rd, Osama bin Laden publishes a fatwa declaring jihad against all Jews and crusaders. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, there's this is where This is where that, that, and, uh, that, that yep, yep. And then on February 24th, Elton John is knighted by Queen Elizabeth II at Buckingham Palace in London. Nice. So at this point in time, we can now legitimately call him Sir Elton John.
1: I I am not as big of an Elton John fan as I think I am because I'm trying to remember what his birth name is.
0: Oh, I was listening to a podcast just not too long ago, and they talked about that, and I wasn't Reginald. paying close attention.
1: I think it's Reginald, Sir, Sir Reginald. Reginald? I mean, he's not. He's Sir Elton John because he's, his name has changed. But you know, yeah, Sir Reginald Hingle Hopper.
0: Hmm? That's not well, his real name. There you go. I think Reginald um, is.
1: I'm not looking it up. We're just going to do it. Anyway, all right, let's uh, carry on. There
0: you go. Okay, the title, here's some trivia. The title, There But For The Grace Of God, uh, is a quotation that refers to the quote, There But For The Grace Of God Go I, by English preacher John Bradford, referring to the distinct possibility that if only a bare few occurrences had been different, one's own reality could have walked the same path as any other one. Mm-hmm. Um. So I am on this path and in this way only because of God's grace. Mm-hmm. So says Preacher Bradford. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the episode where the length of a wormhole can, uh, of, can stay open is, is established. So uh, you know we hear uh, Carter say that the wormhole can stay open for about 30 minutes and then later it's established that it was 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is when that 38 minutes is established in canon, and uh, that will become a significant element of Stargate lore mm-hmm. moving forward. Okay. Uh, also, we learned that the Earth styling computer is way slower than the standard dial home device. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. uh, and, but then they create that subroutine that makes it go way, way faster. And my question is, now that you have that subroutine that makes it go way, way faster, now admittedly we're talking about an alternate reality, and so in Daniel's reality that subroutine wasn't written, but uh-huh. hypothetically it could have been written, but in any case, why wouldn't you use that every time now? Uh, well, presumably, okay, we'll get into it. Okay, so a uh, couple of goofs. Um, when dialing Chulak... Radar is heard calling out the number of locked chevrons, and for a moment he is seen while the announcement is heard, but his lips aren't moving. I noticed.
1: I noticed that one.
0: (laughs) You know, so I I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, you know, uh, but last night I watched it again because it had been a while, um, and I was looking for it, and I missed this. Oh uh, but the other goof that I didn't actually write down, but at the very beginning, so Daniel's got that little recorder, and at one yeah. point in time he sets the recorder on the table, and then we cut to a different you know shot, and then when we go immediately back to the table the uh the recorder is gone,
1: and oh, basically everything that, that was yeah, on okay. the
0: table is just in different spots uh-huh
1: <laughs> yeah, no, i didn't notice that continuity error, but i did notice uh, I did notice the announcement happening without radar actually speaking, so uh Probably because, um, just because he's becoming. I even noticed that his credit rolled through as technician. Like, I'm finally starting because Gary, Gary, what's his face? Gary, um, um, Jones. Gary Jones,
0: right? That's him. I think so. I think it's Gary Jones.
1: And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, folks. Yeah, right. Please do. Uh, and I, and you know, he credited as technician. And, and I was, it, whatever. It's, I'm becoming enamored with radar. I did notice there was something. Oh, I wish I had gone back and written it down. Uh, There was chatter going on in the um, kind of command room of the altered reality um, SGC. And it was when Dr. Jack, when Daniel Jackson was about to sit down at the computer to look up his own file. Uh, And, you know, there was a lot there was a lot of buzz going on because I think that's when the invasion or the attack first was starting on Cheyenne Mountain. And okay. uh, they, the the background chatter was talking about, you know, radar, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was, I think it was Gary Jones yeah, uh, uh, speaking. Uh, and I was like, man, this guy's referring to himself in the third person. That's, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty, uh, that's pretty gutsy well, there. So,
0: I mean. so as, as I write down things like this goof and, and even in the synopsis here in a little bit, uh, you know, I'm drawing upon the Stargate command wiki. Right. And, I've told you this that Radar actually gets a real name later on. Yeah, but right now we don't know it, and so and frankly, it's more fun to talk to him about talk to him as Radar. Even when I know Um, his
1: real name, I'm probably going to be referring um, to him as Radar.
0: But but I have to go through there and change it. You're just like Master Sergeant. Yeah, and I change it to Master Sergeant Radar because that moment I want to I want your response to be fresh and legit. Sure. Oh. Totally. So
1: I have to check this out. When I find out his una- when his name is like, you know, Eugene Cumberbund or something. <laughs> I, I it's got to be something like it's going to be something like that. I could just I could just feel it in my bones.
0: Okay. Well, uh we'll we'll hold on to that. Just put a pin in that one and we'll come back to Eugene Cumberbund. Eugene
1: Eugene, quote, radar, (laughs) (laughs) Cumberbund. Although maybe that was the name of, uh, I mean, I know that, you know, the the joke or the the shtick is that the alternate universe crew is the exact same name and everything. Uh, But ranks are different, uh, including radars, right? I mean, he was referred to as airmen, which I think is a technical rank in the Air Force. Or is that just a generic,
0: Um. you know, hey, you? Yes, technically, but I think it, it
1: it, it can still count uh, if you're a master sergeant.
0: I think so. Okay. Um, I mean, I think if you looked at his, I don't know. I don't
1: know. He's wearing a vest. I couldn't tell.
0: That's true. Okay. So, uh, shall we go to the synopsis here? Yes. Uh, this is, once again, from, well, okay, I can't really say this is from the command w- Stargate command wiki with my own edits because I have edited this enough that it's basically mine. <laughs> but uh, I <laughs> I'm you, you should push as it back. a,
1: the whole point of a wiki is that it's community edited.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. I You know, all right. Carry on. SG-1 is exploring an alien complex on the planet P3R233. Dr. Daniel Jackson stumbles upon a room full of alien artifacts. Teal'c and O'Neal discover a old warning. The planet has been irradiated. Turn back now! O'Neal immediately calls for everyone to ship out. Jackson is miffed with O'Neal's gruff orders, but before he leaves, he begins to gather up as many artifacts into his backpack as he can. Picking up one of the artifacts seems to activate another strange artifact. This one is an odd mirror that seems to reflect the room, but not Jackson himself. Curious, Daniel reaches out and touches the mirror. He feels a strange tingling. And then realizing that he needs to get going, but also curious about this peculiar mirror, Daniel runs after to find his friends, calling for them to help him carry the mirror back to the SGC. However, the complex is empty. Carter, Teal'c, O'Neill, they're all gone. Grumbling about the fact that they left him behind, Daniel dials the gate and returns home. Upon returning to Earth, Daniel is greeted with weapons aimed directly at him. No one seems to recognize him. Things are quite wrong. Colonel George S. Hammond arrests the intruder and takes him to a holding cell. There, Catherine Langford, who is in charge of the Stargate program, confronts Daniel and demands how he acquired SG-1's remote code to open the iris. Daniel insists that he's a member of SG-1, but she's not buying it. While talking with Catherine, Daniel begins to piece together the differences between his reality and this, this alternate reality that he's found himself in. Shocked by Daniel's revelation that as far as he's concerned, she's living safe and sound with Ernest Littlefield, Catherine decides to talk to General Jack O'Neill about this odd guest, asking him to talk to Daniel. Relenting, O'Neill talks with Daniel with a high level of skepticism. But Daniel tosses out probing questions about O'Neill, his son, his suicidal thoughts, the first Abydos mission, and more. uh, O'Neill may well be convinced that Daniel is telling the truth. But before this can be resolved, Dr. Samantha Carter, yes, she's got long hair and she's not in the military. She comes in (laughs) and declares that they have lost Washington and Philadelphia. Asking what they meant by lost, Daniel learns that Earth is under attack by the Gula One and a half billion people are already dead. And most of the world's major population centers have been destroyed. After being caught up with the unusual stranger on the base, uh, after being caught up about the unusual stranger on the base, Doctor doctor Carter concludes that Daniel is in fact from an alternate reality triggered by the quantum mirror he found on P3R233. The SGA, yes, it's SGA, not SGC in this world, in, uh, has already visited the planet, but they didn't find any mirror. Instead, they found a transmission warning them of an impending attack. Analyzing the transmission with Carter and Catherine, Daniel realizes that the transmission contains a Stargate address that reveals the apparent source of the current attack on Earth. Among the pieces of information Daniel revealed to his alternate reality compatriots was the location of Chulak. This reality never went there and therefore never met up with Teok. O'Neill wants to send a nuclear bomb through the gate to Chulak, but Daniel pleads with him that the Jaffa have no choice. O'Neill isn't convinced and sends the bomb. Throughout all of the crisis, Daniel continually asks to be sent back to P3R-233 so that he can return to his reality. It doesn't take long for the Guawuld ships attacking Earth to discover where the Stargate is, and one of the ships lands on top of Cheyenne Mountain and begins the attack to take over the SGA. The SGA plays the ultimate tower defense game, trying to (laughs) slow down the Guawuld so that the people can escape to the beta site. But their escape is hampered because the Guawuld have connected an incoming wormhole to Earth's Stargate. Until that wormhole automatically disconnects, SGA personnel are trapped. Jaffa, led by alternate reality Teal'c, with hair, make their way through the levels (laughs) of the Cheyenne Mountain Complex, clearly winning the tower defense game. The situation is looking (laughs) grim. Daniel asks them to open a wormhole for him so that he can take the news and information of this attack back to his reality. It won't help this reality, but maybe Daniel's information can be of use in his own reality. Oh! As they argue what to do, O'Neill declares the argument academic. SGA personnel simply won't be able to hold the Jaffa back long enough to open the their own wormhole, after the Gua'uld's wormhole closes. I think I might have, that that part was lost on me, but I think it
1: was probably, I, I might have gotten a little distracted or something. Anyway, carry on.
0: Uh, oh, carry, carry on. Daniel offers a suggestion that may give them the delay they need to be able to open a wormhole for Daniel. He has video of his Teal'c and friends. If O'Neill shows the footage to the Teal'c of this reality, he may be able to convince the Jaffa to turn sides and help them defend against the Gul'awuld attack. O'Neill decides to do it, but before he goes, Carter embraces him fondly. Daniel is utterly shocked, and Catherine explains, I take it they're not engaged in your reality. O'Neill goes To discuss all of this with Teal'c, but Teal'c is not persuaded after all the sga sent a bomb that destroyed his family teal kills o'neill and the jaffa continue their onslaught toward the stargate colonel hammond and master sergeant radar die next (laughs) trying to slow down the jaffa in the briefing room carter announces that she surrenders before triggering a grenade that kills her and several jaffa But before she died, Carter was able to get an outgoing wormhole opened. As Daniel rushes for the Stargate, the alternate Teal'c heads in and shoots Daniel with a staff weapon blast. Despite the wound, Daniel is able to make it through the gate. Seconds later, the entire SGA and presumably everyone inside is destroyed in a blast. Daniel later emerges from the Stargate and uses the quantum mirror to return to his own reality. In the complex on P3R-233, Jack, Sam, and Teal'c are looking for their missing friend. Upon returning to his own reality, Dan begins yelling and calling out to them before collapsing on the ground. SG-1 finds him. Carter notices Daniel's notes and the address for where the impending ghoul attack will come. She wonders what precisely this is. As they prepare to take Daniel back to the SGC, Daniel suddenly awakens and frantically tells his team that they're all in very big trouble. He tells them, "They are coming. The end." Ooh, they are coming! They are coming! I Thumbard. watched.
1: I watched this episode last night. Yes. And at the end of it, uh, I wanted to text Zach with the phrase "They are coming," and I decided against that because I, it, I was unsure if he was going to have any context about what I was talking about. <laughs> Right, like, like, are we are we talking about Stargate here, or what's going on? Uh, but yeah, I probably no. would have caught the reference. Well, probably. But. I mean, just because, whatever. Anyway, it, it felt, yep. you know. But uh, yeah, this one, in my opinion, this one ended really strong. Dot 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 question mark. Actually, now that I'm really thinking about it, so I liked this one. Oh, good. I Me too. Uh, I had a fun time with it. Uh, I like alternate reality shows. Uh, or episodes, I think those are fun. Uh, I was laughing when Teal'c with the top knot appeared because that's now <laughs> Spock with the goatee. So if I if I now say Teal'c with the top knot, like now we'll know. Um, yep. And uh, <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I mean, like Carter with long hair. Right? You know, there was there was a few there was a few things, but um, uh, I think that the episode started pretty strong, kind of flopped like a fish there in the middle a little bit and then ended stronger. Uh, and the, the flop around like a fish part had way more to do with what I thought was kind of a flimsy uh, plot where uh, Jackson is making a compelling case that uh, the people, that the, that the SG team here in this alternate reality should care a whit about the other realities, um,
0: yeah.
1: Like I, I get it. I appreciate it. In the in in forty minutes of telling a television story, like what else he gonna do? Um, and it wasn't like it was completely bananas. But on the same token, like when he's pleading his case in the control room, I'm like, no way, dude. Like no, like <laughs> you've got you've got one shot to to. To help your re- to help your people, and they're going to the beta site, and you decide to just waste it all on allowing this other guy from this other dimension to save his dimension. Like that just didn't yeah. ring very true.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, although I I, I totally agree with you, uh, and and that was actually one of my my comments that I have here in the meh section mm-hmm. of things. Um, now, uh, O'Neill especially is never really convinced about any of this stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, but they also are going into this no O'Neill is going into this whole battle knowing that he ain't coming out of it alive. Yes. Um, uh, but here's the thing is, and, and I, I, I actually like that, that Daniel is all about his reality. You know, I know I'm kind of being selfish here, but, but uh, I could use this information in my reality. Can I go back home? But here's the thing. Uh, let's say they opened the wormhole to the beta site. Right. And they were actually able to get people through to the beta site. Now, as it turned out, the only one that was able to get through the Stargate was Daniel. Yeah, it turns out. Turns out. But, but that aside, um, Daniel has the coordinates for P3R233. So yes. once Daniel is at the beta site, he, in presumable oh, yeah. safety, he yeah. could just as easily say, okay, now that I'm here, dook, 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 dook,
1: dook. Yeah. You know, let me tip the hat. We had a listener write in that said something kind of in the same vein with, um uh, was it solitudes? Um, uh, yeah. And uh, the the argument was when uh, Carter was continually attempting to dial the earth gate, uh, why did she not just say, you know, screw the earth gate. We'll figure this out in a second. Let's at least go to some place that's habitable uh, like many, one of the many other worlds that they had visited to that point. Um, you know, so in the same vein, what's happening in this moment is, you know, Jackson, you can go to the beta site and you can still get to two thirty three. Yeah. Like it's not a one way ticket.
0: Right. It, it's, it's not an either or this is actually right. a situation. Now I, I will argue with, uh, the Sam Carter thing on solitudes and when they're trapped and all of this stuff. Um, you know, she's probably concussed, and he's definitely concussed. So the fact that she's not thinking properly— Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, —makes sense that she might not make that connection. Also, if—I mean, you know, the, the scientist would say, okay, if it doesn't dial one place, we'll draw some, dial, dial something else to see if it works— but if you're not thinking clearly enough to make that, and you dial one place and it's not working, you're stuck in a place where it's not working, I gotta get it fixed. And, and the same fact, thing
1: the, could be happening here. Where they're rushed and they're not thinking all the way through.
0: Yeah. Uh but but somebody um somebody should think. I mean, it, it makes for greater tension, I suppose, but yes. in this situation, somebody should have been able to think, uh, Daniel? The gate on the beta site will go wherever you need to go to. Sure, um, but yeah. No, uh, there's so,
1: but it, it, there is so. I'll I'll harp on this one just a little bit more uh, because this hopefully will become something that gets tightened up. Um, you know, we are watching. Uh, we are watching a show not about regular people, but about heroes, and the the point of uh enjoying a story about heroes. I, I can't remember i I think it was um in reference to Lord of the Rings and they were talking about uh in I think the two towers where uh Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn are hoofing it across uh over towards Basically chasing after Pippin and and yep. uh, Mary, yeah. right? Yep. And you know, in the book, uh, it's basically described as they were legging it for like day and night for like two weeks or something—something something ridiculous. Like they didn't, like they didn't sleep for two with, weeks. With, they oh, were with running,
0: basically no stopping. It run 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 yeah, run run.
1: Exactly. And you know, it's like, how on earth can this happen? And somebody was like, "This is an epic. Like these are heroes. There's a reason why what they did was heroic. It's because normal people can't do this. Um, and so." You know in a similar vein right the SG uh, the sg1 team for you know in, in a manner of speaking they're they're heroic they're doing things that are uh, not possible by normal people uh, that's why they're the best that's why they are this uh, this group and that's why we are uh, learning about their story or so you know you, uh, that that's sort of sure. the, the roundabout uh, mm-hmm. argument Um But so, you know, in these moments, it it is like a, you know, I get it under normal circumstances. A normal person wouldn't be able to think clearly. They're concussed. uh, You know, I get it in normal circumstances. There's enemies at the gate and you think you got one shot uh, to uh, to be a little critical. These aren't normal people. They should be able to say, oh, let me try a different gate address or, oh, it's not an either or proposition. I can go to the beta site and then go to 233 and carry on. And that's my um, soapbox.
0: There's your soap. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, you, you make a valid point, point. Um, and I don't really have any comments other than <laughs> you make a valid point. Well, um, so, but, but also, so, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, you know, so you also need to recognize that that this is a story, and then you got to tell a story, and sometimes. Uh, You know, there's a podcast I listen to or have listened to uh, about Star Trek, and they Mm -hmm. talk about the gumbification of characters. You know, uh, the Gumby, the, the little claymation guy yep. that gets stretched and all that stuff. Sure. And, and sometimes your characters, even your heroes, need to be stretched and, and Gumbified a little bit so that they can fit the story that you need to tell. Yeah, and yeah, totally. I, I, I'll, I'll, so at, at the same time, I'm going to live in two worlds that, that do not. Uh, that, that, like, that conflict with one another and, and one is to say that uh, for the sake of the story we need to gumbify our characters and that's perfectly okay. There's one and on the other hand like dude these are heroes and we gotta hold them to a higher standard because they're heroes. Sure. So I'm gonna hold on to those two realities at the same time In conflict. In conflict but I'm gonna do it. Because that's what and, it means uh, to be human.
1: Holding two ideas in conflict.
0: Yeah. There you go. And I am a particular fan of uh, 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 paradoxes. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Oh, I'm not going to get into it. I, there was a pretty good. Uh, I learned how to defeat uh, the uh, the Android uprising. By the way.
0: Oh well, we'll we'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah, it involves paradoxes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what else do you got? Um, let's see. Things. So I liked. Uh, like I mentioned, I like the alternate universe trope. Uh, it's fun. And it was fun that they played around with who was in what position. It was fun that you know they they took advantage of the alternate universe by giving uh, uh, by giving O'Neill a scar over his left eyebrow. You know, like changing the mm-hmm. rank. What does the A stand for in SGA? By the way,
0: I think it's a Alliance. Association? Alliance. I think I think, it, I think it's Stargate Alliance. It could be a Stargate, Stargate Association. Stargate. Um, uh,
1: Analysis, Stargate, Stargate, An- Stargate Analysts, Inc.
0: Inc. Yeah, there you <laughs> I can't remember for sure. Um If you know out there, please let us know. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway. I think, I think it's Alliance, but I'm not 100%. Alliance, Stargate
1: Alliance, whatever. Anyway, so. Um, it doesn't,
0: that doesn't quite f- make sense. Maybe it's um, French. Oh, well, there you go.
1: Well, although then then the then the letters would be probably in a different order, but anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, so I liked I liked what they were doing with that. I liked, uh, uh you know, I liked Teal with the top knot. Um, there was some stuff about it. I think where I keep kind of like drifting back into the meh part is that, um, you know, of course there has to be some shortcuts made to the story. Of course there was just too many moments where uh, like, a, a, like assumptions had to be made about like the motivations of the characters th- such that um, boy, is it convenient that Jackson landed in the alternate universe where everything is just a little bit different as opposed to the one where he is, where, where earth is actually like the atmosphere of earth is ammonia. Like, you know, <laughs> like there's
0: the, it's, it's. Although I, I to that, I'm going to, uh, yes, there's a lot of conflict, conv- but, but when he goes to the mirror, yes, um, one of the things that draws him in is that it looks like an actual mirror, right? It's reflecting the well, room that okay. he's in yes. without him there, and that's yes. odd. Yes, um, I mean if he were looking at that, it looked like a window to an irradiated world that was utterly, you know, desolate. Um, which I suppose it's possible that that world, you know, that the SG. A Earth could have been, yes. you know, ammonia and whatnot, and two three three isn't. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, all right. I, I, I rescind
1: my no. It's <laughs> <standard> okay. Defense, <laughs> right? You know, and then also it's also super convenient that when he went back uh, and touched the mirror again, that he went back to his reality as opposed to yet another reality. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: And also, like, uh, and then there was the moment with the remote control. Uh, when Carter was about to, you know, faux give up the remote control to, uh, to the Jaffa, uh, and then blows herself up along with the remote control. Like, you know, there was, there was a lot in there that was just like, there were a lot of shortcuts and it's forgivable. The shortcuts, uh, had to be made. This couldn't be an eight hour episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dealing with all the little minutiae that have to be just right for the things to work. Um, you know, like,
0: it, it has to um, be... Ha- has to tighten up. Uh, at, at this point in time, Brent, I'm going to throw your own argument earlier back in your face. You oh. talked about these being heroes, right? Oh! And when they're heroes... Yes. Things seem to work well for things, the heroes. Yes. Until they don't. But, you know, when, yep. you, when you get into Act 3 and Act 4 and things really need to, you know, speed along, things happen the way the heroes need them to happen. You're right. You're right. So. Yep. Take that. Take, uh, it, it, pie in the
1: face. Pie in the face taken. Ah. So, yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. So you're right. This wouldn't be a heroic story if things worked out like normal people. Like That's true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> where, where Jackson ends up in Ammonia Earth, and then when he tries to get back, he ends up in Lava Earth.
0: And, and, and the whole name of this episode is There But For the Grace of God, ah, which, yes. as we talked about, yes. is, is you know, why am I me in this place? And yeah. the only thing I can say about that, says uh, Preacher Man, um, what was his name, Bradford, yeah. uh, is... Is it's the grace of God? Now, yeah, I it's don't Providence. don't want to get it's into the whole realm of theology or not. Sure, but why did Daniel end in this reality, in this situation, with this circumstances?
1: Uh huh. With this information.
0: With this information, because because yeah and that brings me to
1: another meh slash good which is the information right so he goes to an alternate uh, reality where earth is under attack by uh the Jaffa who um you know I don't know presumably got there in a couple of years or less uh you know through space so there's that well we'll deal with that in a minute or well, you know, maybe later, whatever, it doesn't matter. But then uh he deduces that back on his reality, the same plan is underway. And that was another moment of like, really? Like, can you make that assumption? And I'm like, All right, tabling that because I get what's going on. They're setting up uh they're setting up the arc for season two. Like, you know, I I, I am appreciative of how they're moving the story along, and I love season-long arcs, so I'm gonna keep that to myself and be like, Yep. Daniel, you've been given a sneak peek into what uh what's gonna be happening to Earth here in just a just just a mere moments. And uh Yeah. Let's let's keep rolling.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, here again, um Daniel I'm trying to get into Daniel's head here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel is certainly going, Oh my goodness. Where am I? This can't be happening. It's happening. What am I going to do with this? Um, and it, it it is only appropriate for Daniel to take this information because these two Earths are remarkably similar, mm-hmm. despite their differences. That And, you know, back on his Earth, hey, you know what? He pissed off the ghouls well, too. And so it's legit that... That they would be coming after them, and if this is information that might actually be useful, then take it. Now, I'll grant you, it's like, oh my gosh, it's happening in your world, it must be happening in my world too, maybe as a stretch. But uh, we'll talk more about that later. Sure. Okay. Or we won't.
1: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? I mean, sounds like it's going to happen, but... Well... Yes, that's the point. That's the point. So, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of it. That's sort of my that's sort of my take. It's like, uh, you know, hey, this was kind of cool. I kind of like the alternate universe thing. There was a couple of moments where it's like, meh, thank you for pointing the hero argument back at me because you're right. Things work out. Things work out for heroes. And um, I'm excited to where this is going to go.
0: Um, yeah, I got a couple more things. Uh, yeah. I just want to say that, that I thought that the the particular mirror, I mean, like the, the, the shape and the, the odd look of that mirror was cool. I liked it. Uh, oh, I me. thought that yeah. most of the other artifacts in that room were kind of dumb, but uh, <laughs> uh, the mirror was cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, we got to see Catherine Langford again. Yeah, uh, that's right. I thought that was cool. That was cool. And I like that. even though she's an alternate reality, we do hear from from Daniel about what our reality Catherine is up to. That's true. She's, you know, that's safe true. and sound, living the high life with her, yeah. Ernest Littlefield. They're going through honeymoon and retirement together. Yeah. So, wahoo, go Catherine and yeah, Ernest. So, you know, that little callback to to stuff that we had learned before uh, and met before, I just kind of thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's all I have. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Um, uh, I didn't have quite the same problems in that middle section that you did with it. Um, but uh, I can see where you're coming from. It makes sense. Uh, but it was just a fun story to, you know, just jump in there. It kind of jumps in there, gets you going, and runs with it. And uh, is is epic to see uh, all of that happening.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, by no means is this a, well... We can get into it, because I was about to start to dip it into the ratings, yeah.
0: Brent. Yes. There but for the grace of God, Uh how many chevrons does it get? So,
1: because I felt like this one was fun, I could see how the story was in service to a larger aim, and how the things that I was kind of getting hung up about were... Kind of more detail oriented than anything. I think that this is a nice, solid episode that I would probably enjoy watching again. So I'm going to give it five out of seven chevrons.
0: Five out of shev- seven. Five out of, shev-
1: five, out of seven five out of seven chevrons. Five out of
0: seven chevrons. Yes. Five. Okay. So I'm thinking about this episode, and I'm kind of comparing this to some of the stuff that that has been going on before. I liked this episode. I thought it was a fun episode. Uh, I would like you would watch this episode again and again uh, I have um mm-hmm. uh, I, I I'm gonna go a little bit less than five I'm gonna go four and sure. a half sure uh you know so uh just uh it, it's still way better than fifty percent um but uh uh yeah I liked it uh, I just want to give it a little smidge less than than your your five no so. worries yep there you go Nice. So, Brent, mm-hmm. our next episode yeah. is politics. Yeah. Tell me what <laughs> politics <laughs> is all about. All right. <clears throat> oh, with that title, our podcast is so going to get flagged. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Um,
1: all right. Politics. The SG1 team goes through the gate and they find themselves <laughs> and they find themselves in a world remarkably similar to their own, but uh, only in so much as that there are people around who seem to care about uh, you know going to the grocery store and uh, picking the kids up from school, but they soon discover <laughs> that something is horribly wrong) <laughs> They look they look Where to the news. They look to the newscast <laughs> on the television screen and they see that the mechanisms for governance have ground to a halt. <laughs> that that there is absolutely no civil discourse occurring whatsoever. <laughs> that 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 people have become so entrenched that they're making the most ludicrous of arguments. Armed with this information. <laughs> Oh somehow, somehow they discover, somehow they discover that that behind all of this is Hathor. <laughs> 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 Armed with this information, they go back to their own reality. They go back to their own world, and they set up the alarm. We have to stop everything in its tracks. We're on a we're on a dead end path. Don't you see? The Ghouls are messing with us. <laughs> They're trying to get us to destroy ourselves from the inside. Thus, setting up the storyline for politics will the s g one team succeed in convincing the world that this is a this is this is an et cetera et cetera uh I'm sorry, I couldn't help but not tie this in oh, okay. so I, I so bet you I'm So for wrong, those but, of you uh,
0: who are listening to this in five or ten years and have forgotten, uh, oh, uh, we I are now so. currently on day 37 or whatever. No, we're done. Of a partial... Oh, well, okay, we're finished. Oh that's, oh, that's right. That's right. So we just finished uh-huh. a partial government shutdown that lasted over a month. Yes. Uh, over a wall. Yep. Over a wall. Um, over a wall. So... Um, I can't say anything more because then I will reveal terribly uh, what I think about this whole situation. And I uh-huh. really don't want to get into those apples. So Neither do I. <laughs> uh, there you have it. Uh, but hey, it is now finished, at least for the moment. And we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. Uh, with that, uh, shall we watch the promo, the teaser, and see what politics is all is about? actually about, sure. Yes, let's do it. All right. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Hitting go. All right. Next on Stargate
1: SG-1. After reading your mission reports, the Senator decided the SGC will receive no further funding from the treasure. That effectively... Wait a minute. House. O'Neill leads the fight to
0: save the Stargate <laughs> this must no game through which the money flows. would you tell this man oh this is exactly truth. the How same does one as I man predicted. Get that much power <laughs> it's a war without weapons <laughs> Senator
1: we have reason to believe that the Gould are about to launch an attack I have spent a career listening to doomsayers in uniform what the hell are we doing here this man has made up his mind already sit down Colonel uh-huh so they are coming. Then Zach, I'm feeling sad them. right now. Uh, <laughs> talking suicide.
0: A war well, they can't afford no. to lose.
1: Intend- oh. So,
0: for whatever reason, uh, that's the end of the... Yeah, I also caught it. the same
1: thing. We're, we're watching the same... Tr- yeah, so it, we yep, didn't actually yep. get to the real ending.
0: Uh, but the the YouTube video stopped there. The YouTube so, video said. But that's okay. I'm, I'm just I'm okay. sufficiently depressed. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I I will give you a little bit of hope, Brent. Yeah. And that um the the, the despair by which you were describing politics in your recap mm-hmm. is not the same as what we will see in politics. So there's I that I trust you.
1: I trust you. Um what I saw from that promo didn't look very promising.
0: Well, fair enough. I mean, it is <laughs> politics. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, okay. Well, That's fine. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. Yep. So uh, this is, uh, once again, uh, where I plead with you, uh, Stargate, walking through the Stargate listeners, uh, we have teasers and promos through season two. And after that, we don't have them. And uh, I'm despairing a little bit because my wife did some looking and searching and she could not find any beyond season two. And if she can't find it, it's probably on the dark web and I'm not (laughs) going there. But if there's anybody out there who uh, can find those teasers uh, for season three through season 10, please, please let us know uh, because... This is a fun little bit that well, we do uh, and uh after season two we won't be able to do it anymore because we won't have them. But I'm confident
1: uh, I'm confident we can think of something else. I'm confident uh, we can well, figure out a different way to sort of talk or you know, sort of
0: I'm sure t- we'll tease the coming episode. Out. We'll figure something out. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you can find them, let us know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you wanted to find them and let us know, you would do that by emailing us at mm-hmm. stargate at gmail.com. It's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also email us your thoughts about Season 1 uh, and our podcast and, and all of that stuff, uh, either audio or written, Either of those is wonderful, and we'll bring those up as we can. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, or go to Facebook and like our Facebook page, Walking Through the Stargate, and join the Facebook group and and talk and make this a wonderful community where people are actually uh, communicating. Yes. Because that's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's pretty cool. So, uh, any last comments, Brent?
1: Nope. I'm excited to go. Well, I'm excited to keep going. I'm not particularly excited about what looks to be the next episode, but you know what? We'll 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 get through it and get we'll into get, uh, get into the meat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so with that, I'm Zach and I'm Brent and this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.